A very warm welcome to all my listeners who have tuned in to listen to another episode of Insider's Talk with New Entrepreneurial Journey. So let's dive in. Today at Insider's Talk, we have Mr. Mayang Jin. He's the co-founder of ScaleNut, and we will be talking about that as it is an AI-enabled content intelligence SaaS platform, and it is for an on-demand business services. So we'll talk more about it in detail, Mayank, and thank you very much for uh, being a part of Insider's Talk and coming and, you know, having a conversation with me over here about you as well as ScaleNut. So before uh, our listeners understand, you know, how ScaleNut was conceived and, you know, what is your main uh, mission and vision behind ScaleNut, it would be great to know who is behind this, you know, who Mayank Jain is or, you know, what you were before ScaleNut came into your life. Thanks, thanks, Veronica. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, you know, represent uh, ScaleNut as well. Um, so I, I'll, I'll just very quick <laughs> background of what I've been doing before ScaleNut. Um, I, I graduated in 2008 from uh, you know IT Kanpur, and uh, after that, it was you know starting point was great where I joined one of the leading FMCG companies like IDC, uh, spent three years there. And that was like a pretty interesting journey because uh, got a lot of experience, uh, you know, across business operations, engineering and all of that. Spent three years with them. And then uh, the startup bug, uh, you know, early in the day, like even then, you know, caught me and then joined a batchmate uh, as a co-founder, uh, spent one year there. And, uh, you know, again, like that didn't work out, moved to another startup that got merged with another one. And uh, then I joined Stamdeal back in 2013. Um, it was still, you know, early for, uh, you know, Stamdeal, it was growing fast. And that's when I joined them and spent a lot of time, uh, you know, and that truly honestly defined, you know, what, what uh, I am today and uh, did a bunch of things, uh, you know, almost like four different assignments uh, spread across like seven and a half years. Uh, be taking care of, you know, starting seller services, heading operations, customer service, uh, building social commerce platform, so on and so forth. So yeah, a lot of exciting stuff there. And uh, then towards the end of last year, uh, you know, so one of my co-founders, Gaurav, was taking a break and we have been talking about like, you know, building something for quite some time. And one thing led to another and said, okay, uh, probably this is the time. And <laughs> I started exploring ideas and scale is born. Yeah, so so that's pretty much you know what what I've been doing and how how you know scale came together. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite interesting actually your journey with all the interesting stuff that you've shared with us right now. So I'm quite sure it would be adventurous and with scale not obviously it would have taken uh, to a different level. But um, before we get into scale not, I'm quite curious. What's with the name? You know, it's it's quite uh, I don't know how, how to describe it, but it's it's quite intriguing. I mean, I'm curious to understand. You know, what was the thought yeah. process to you know name your business scale nut? Yeah, no, we get that question uh, quite a bit. Uh, but uh, when you are uh, you know sort of thinking about like uh, the names, etc., I think mm-hmm. one thing was uh, other than the fact that domain availability. <laughs> that's that's just one right. thing. But honestly, we wanted to, uh, you know, build something which helps, uh, you know, businesses scale things easily, mm-hmm. right? Uh, scale their business and 
things related to the business easily. That is the whole concept behind what we are trying to do. It should be seamless. And that's where you'd find like scale coming in. Mm-hmm. And today, what we stand for, for example, scaling content with ease, I think and, and that's what, you know, defines the brand uh, as well, that we, uh, whatever we do, uh, will, will uh, you know, enable you in such a way that you are able to scale your work easily. And that's mm-hmm. where the name, you know, came about and, uh, you know, scaling with ease, yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite interesting, actually. So like, you know, and and what's, what's the... Um... Uh, what's the thought process of adding nut to it? Uh, again, it had to do with like ease, you know, it has to be mm-hmm. fun and it has to be easy. It should not be, you know, anything very complicated per se. Mm-hmm. So, you know, easy to, you know, easygoing brand. Uh, mm-hmm. No, wow. I, I personally love the name actually. <laughs> and, you know, when I, I came across this name, I was like, you know, quite... Uh, interested in to understand the thought process and it's, it's something which is very interesting i mean not many people uh, put in so much of effort to name their business and yeah. when, when you have i mean before you know it you want to know like you know right. what scale nut is doing just because of the name right so, okay. so that's awesome so now that we are already talking about the name it would be great for our listeners to also know what scale nut has to offer and you know what is the platform you're working on yeah and what are the different services you're giving out there yeah, no, perfect. So uh, over last one year, so December is last December is when we launched our first business vertical uh, of building a managed marketplace. So if you see uh, business marketplaces, business services marketplaces across the world, uh, they are mostly unmanaged, right? Um, which are mostly discovery platforms where, you know, on one side, there are, uh, you know, service providers, who are like mm-hmm. freelancers or independent, uh, uh, you know, professionals. And on the other side, there are businesses, right, uh, who are looking to get, you know, work on a contract basis. But the entire transaction happens in such a way that the onus is in between these two parties to carry out the work, right? Right. And in that case, the quality does not get guaranteed, right? It's more of a hit and trial which happens. Uh, now, a lot of other, if you see blue-collar services marketplaces, I mean, there's a lot of disruption which has happened in that space, right? Where there are a lot of managed services that come about, mm-hmm. right? uh, where the transaction is managed, right? It's a fixed price transaction, quality is managed, training, vetting of the service providers, all of that is managed. Mm-hmm. So that's what we launched in December last year, right? We started working with small, medium businesses, also got on board some large businesses, uh, idea was to build a global business from mm-hmm. India because you will see in the recent past, Indian talent has grown massively and they've been serving global businesses more and more, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, because of COVID, a lot of talent was getting unlocked. A uh, lot of businesses were looking for sort of remote work and contractual work. And we saw a huge opportunity given there is no managed marketplace in that space, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's how... Scalant's first business vertical was born. We worked with over like hundreds of businesses, right, in, in about six, seven months. And after understanding like a lot of pain areas and also because there were certain other technology advancements which were happening across the globe, we started building our SaaS uh, mid of this year. And uh, what that does is it basically automates certain parts of this transaction or it automates certain part of content creation journey, right? 
uh, whether it is content research, like what should I create or content creation, like actually creating content, right? It automates a lot, uh, lot of those things, right, in the process. And that's what we launched. Now, what it does is it makes like much, much, much easier for independent content creators or, you know, content creators who are sitting in businesses, as well as small and medium businesses who are basically looking to scale content, right? That's what we basically launched in September. And now, you know, uh, focus is uh, growing that as well. Mm -hmm. So how do you see the content creation market in India, especially now because everything has gone digital and thanks to pandemic, even more emphasis is being put on. So even if the businesses were initially a little hesitant, I would say, uh, to you know get get onto the internet because they were they were with the mindset chal raha hai, and it is all right. working fine so we don't need that platform but now uh, because of the situation that has come up so there is always a silver lining to it and you know people have gone online people especially were not aware that you know that is how their business is going to scale up so do you think that content creation market in India has suddenly boomed and people are getting into it and it's not like it's been exhausted no, actually, the market is growing fairly rapidly, uh, India specifically, but I would also say like globally, mm -hmm. pandemic has, of course, led to that boom. Uh, like, I, I clearly remember like one of the first, actually, first couple of businesses, we helped them go digital. And mm -hmm. the idea was they had their offline presence and suddenly they didn't know like what to do, right. but they wanted to go digital. Uh, we help them, you know, in, in various content side of things and all of that. And since then, what you've seen, uh, what we have seen, like see large enterprises, etc. they definitely know the importance of content and okay. content. They only increase the creation. But of late, what you're seeing is everybody wants to do content, right? Whether they are mm. just launching their business or they are somewhere in the middle, they want to do content. But the problem is they don't know how to do how? it. Yeah. And, you know, what's the best way? Because it's still not standardized, right? So it's very, mm. but yes, absolutely. Uh, businesses are going digital. Good thing for us and good thing for consumers also because discovery becomes much easier with, with good content. Correct. So what is the main, main thing in content creation which people need to be aware of, you know, when they're starting off uh, going digital? I, I think one of the very important things is what to create right before directly jumping into creation mm -hmm. like what should you create now that of course involves understanding your target user persona you know uh, your which includes like who your user is where your user is what are they looking for whether they are how do you then grab their attention what kind of content you should create for them whether it is more educational content or whether it is direct selling content Right. So all of those things you have to first define that basically forms a part of your content strategy. Right. Mm -hmm. And then start creating content. Of course, when you start creating content, then the quality that there, there, there are a lot of things you need to take care of when it comes to quality, because given the amount of content, uh, you need to make sure that it's top notch. Otherwise, you will lose uh, the attention of your potential buyers. Correct. Because uh, what, what normally I have experienced on, you know, like when I'm just having a look on the internet or something browsing through, I see many people who have just created the content just for the heck of it and to get maximum hits, they've used, you know, all SEO keywords and uh, where, but, but the structure is really bad in the sense, you know, it's, yes. it's not something which, which will interest you. So 
how do you think that balance has to be atta- attained where you know you know that the google is going to hit your site because you have those important keywords but at the same time you need to keep a structured and a meaningful content so how do you make that balance work yeah see uh, today um, you know search engines have also become smarter than what they were like couple of years back right or earlier right they're constantly evolving right so if you look back like a few years back what would happen is you can just stuff in the keywords and the chances of you ranking were very high right because you have captured the keywords second right. keywords and then you know google or search engines will understand and they will start like you know throwing your page up in the ranking that has changed now you know couple mm-hmm. of years back like obviously google also keeps coming up new algorithms and some of their recent releases what it does is it understands the comprehensiveness of the article and not necessarily just the presence of the keywords right mm-hmm. it it understands lot many things only then it will start sort of showing you because you are then answering the user search query mm-hmm. so largely that gets taken care of and what happens and another thing like now of course like google is doing certain things or search engines are doing certain things at their end businesses how do they really understand right that's where like for example platforms like scalenot can come into play where and and we understood that problem and that's why we launched our content research uh mm-hmm. to first up where we said okay hey if you're trying to create like seo content you need to know what to create and what we do is we automate the entire research like you know going to write a content take care of these things this is what needs to go in right whether mm-hmm. and, and we help them draft the perfect outline which is basically the structure you are mentioning and then of course we will help you write it but that's exactly very good question that's exactly the problem we uh, have been solving uh, since last few months mm-hmm. so that's that's actually uh, i i think that would be working out for many people who are absolutely naive when it comes to content generation and probably help them in putting out better and valuable words yes. out there for uh, getting uh, probably better traction because obviously like you said right technology is changing it is becoming more intelligent yeah. so I think your SaaS platform is making sure that the websites are becoming intelligent enough with the right yeah. content. That's correct. At the end, of- get that information they're looking for. Yeah. So what I was saying, like uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, user search query they have to get answered. Hmm. Now, search engines have to become smarter to do it, as well as businesses have to be smarter to sort of answer that. Yeah. That's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you think the automation is um, going to work here in adding more smartness uh, into, but you would still need some kind of a human intervention, right? To make sure that it has the right uh, content out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. See, uh, mm-hmm. these are not, these technologies don't replace, you know, human intelligence. They are more mm-hmm. technologies where, okay, you know, something which, let's say if i was doing certain job in let's say couple of days now i can pretty much do that in couple of hours and the quality is far superior right mm-hmm. that's the difference between let's say doing it manually end to end versus using assistive technologies like these right at the mm-hmm. end of the day you get great insights you get all the information what you do with that information is up to you you have mm-hmm. ai to write for you but you have to guide you have to use ai right uh, you may still have a car but you still need to drive it to get to a right. destination right so that's right. what yeah. 
Yeah, that's actually a very interesting example you gave because now the automatic cars are anyways on the road, but you still need to sit on the driver's seat. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. I take mean, it somewhere. Autonomous cars, like I mean, people have been talking about it, and a lot of work has been happening. But you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. See, like how it's, much time it takes. Yeah, them. it's it's a long journey, definitely. Yeah. Everything, everything has its own time to make sure that it is perfect. And I think uh, automation and content creation is something which ScaleNut has started. And I'm, I'm sure the time for it is also right yeah. because the kind of importance it has gained over the period of time. Uh, initially, frankly speaking, I thought that it would be a place where it would be exhausted because when it started, there was definitely a boom. But then suddenly there were, there were too many content creators. And at the same time, uh, you know, people probably didn't understand what to put it out put out there and mm. just just to become a freelancer they they just added their you know we are content creators and we can write stuff and all that but um, i see that that mindset is changing because now they have understood the power of digitization and where their business can go if you have the right words so uh, you already have automated the process but i'm pretty sure you would have freelancers as well connected right who would be um, so how does that work how how do you hire or um, how yeah. does one get connected with uh, scalenut as a freelancer yeah so uh, like i mentioned like our uh, managed marketplace is a significant part of our business that's an mm-hmm. important vertical now uh, how it happens is like obviously like uh, you know we, we keep getting a lot of applications from uh, independent content creators now they go through their own vetting as well as you know training process mm-hmm. uh, and and in the process yes some don't make the cut but what's most important is that whoever is coming on board they adhere or they qualify certain parameters uh, that we have set so they go through certain screening process as well right mm-hmm. now what we are doing is uh the technology which we have built since a lot of independent content creators are already using that technology right, right. Uh, we are training almost everybody else as well who is on the marketplace to use this technology because it makes their work better faster right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what is happening and on the user side let's say on the businesses side right who who are looking for content uh they get much more transparency when it comes to quality of content because our our our, our platform also evaluates how okay. good the content is right so both creator as well as business so they are on the same page when it comes to the quality of content reducing friction reducing to and fro so it makes life easier for everybody right mm-hmm. uh, so yeah that's that's what we are doing on the services side yeah mm-hmm. so so is this like you know the automation that you have introduced is this putting you apart from your competitors and you you are telling that you're making the entire process extremely transparent and easy no matter you are a freelancer or a business who is availing the service that's correct that's correct that's the whole idea yeah that's lovely so um you know uh, you started uh, scale not uh, somewhere in uh, 2020 that was the pandemic or <laughs> pandemic time so what are the challenges that you uh, faced when you were uh, you know getting into the market during this time um so getting into the market was not a big problem because we are a digital business and we are very clear we want to mm-hmm. uh, that's the kind of business we want to build and since we wanted to build a global business again like uh, it could be done from anywhere i think the challenge we faced early on was hiring and putting the team together because uh, you know when you are just working remotely it becomes difficult because people don't know you 
Uh, right. That's one. And second, when we had put the team together, uh, you know, initial set of folks, like it was very, in the beginning, it was difficult to coordinate because people didn't know each other. They had never met each other. Right. So that those are initial hiccups. But then, you know, it is beautiful how all of us get, you know, uh, adapt to the new challenges. And uh, we did our first, you know, team meeting, uh, you know, few months, a couple of, actually last month, sorry. Uh, and and ah, okay. how everybody sort of could, uh, you know, get along well. And it was almost like they knew each other so well, right? Like, so mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just worked out. But those are the challenges we faced, not specifically from the business point of view. Okay, so how did you break that ice, you know, working with the, like, you know, a new people in your team and obviously mm-hmm. working face to face when when they join yeah. is a different ball game altogether, uh, you know, working remotely yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, getting that, um, how do I say, a comfort zone, like, you know, this is how we work and this is how uh, the company is going to work and, and, you know, you are happy working with it. So how were you able to uh, maintain that environment because your whole process was online, right? right? Right. No, so, uh, see, one thing has been very, very important for us in general uh, is the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we absolutely believe in, you know, uh, you know, good culture in the company where people feel being part of the family uh, and there is a life after, you know, after work as well. So we respected mm-hmm. that, right? Uh, so that is one thing we try to do from day one, right? A good culture in the company, right? Uh, second thing was uh, we did you know, more frequent communication with the folks, right? There were like monthly town halls and then there were team meetings. There were like, you know, uh, daily catch-ups in general, more weekly meetings. Uh, so all of those things helped, right? And we would have like all hands meeting as well, with, again, online. But yes, slowly and steadily, people started, uh, to, you know, getting to know each other. And last thing what we did was, you know, if there were certain issues, we just promoted a culture of, you know, just go and speak to the other team members and get, you know, solve the issues or solve the problems and so on and so forth. So what happened was like people started talking to each other and started brainstorming and started solving, right? Rather than, mm. you know, um, depending upon the managers or, you know, uh, founders or uh, all of that. So yeah, these three things uh, sort of helped us. Mm-hmm. So while you were talking, this one thing that really crossed my mind, like, you know, because uh, a pandemic was the time where people were also... Uh, sort of getting uh, laid off when it came to a little bit smaller businesses so how were you able to give them that uh, comfort while hiring that you know this is not something is like you know okay let's start and kind of thing this is something to stay so how could you you know just pass on your vision to them and make sure that they are confident enough to join your company no good question and it's not easy honestly right Uh, so a lot of initial hiring which you did was through uh, you know, our own network and referrals because mm-hmm. once you start, uh, you know, once somebody starts joining, they start getting people uh, from their network. So referral definitely right. worked best because they understood, okay, what we are building and how the culture, how the uh, uh, founders. Uh, second, uh, thankfully, we were able to raise some funds like before starting off. Uh, so that also helped in the sense like, okay, people had some sense of security, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, yeah, largely these couple of things sort of, uh, you know, helped tremendously in setting up the initial team. After that, it was all okay because, you know, people knew and people knew each other and they would get the ref checks. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And just now you mentioned that you got your funds quite early. So how did that happen with you, with Scalenut? Uh, so, uh, 
you are fortunate enough to uh, you know backing of uh, you know uh, some of the you know people we knew in our network we had worked closely they are very active angels uh, you know in the country leading angels rather and uh, yeah so they believed in the vision and uh, they believed in the team we were putting together and that mm-hmm. that's how it happened so yeah uh, <laughs> i mean nothing nothing more than that honestly i would say i mean you were okay. fortunate enough to uh, get uh, a few folks you know who believed so know. you were consciously looking out for funding right from the start is it uh, so we did want to to begin with mm-hmm. like because it just uh, helps you know send mm-hmm. the initial mm-hmm. so yeah i mean uh, we we are uh, clear there yeah Hmm. Okay, lovely. So, uh, like you know, let's let's come back to scale nut, and uh, I would really try to understand, you know, how how were you able to uh, attain your first client and mm-hmm. create a buzz that you know there is there is something called a scale nut which is going to help you with uh, content through freelancers, and obviously now in this uh, this year somewhere in mid this year you've started with the automation as well. Yeah. So, uh, how were you able to create that buzz in the market and you know attain uh, customers or clients? Yeah. see uh, for six months for more like we were building in stealth right mm-hmm. uh, rather until september this year so we were more uh, you know understanding the category uh, speaking to a lot of users on both sides right freelancers mm-hmm. as well as on the client side and trying to understand a lot of pain in the process we did end up serving like over 150 businesses uh, mm-hmm. from across the world like small medium large right mm-hmm. uh, now so while that was happening right when we launched on you know 15th of September this year I I remember very clearly like within 4 days of launch we crossed like $100,000 of sales right uh, and that was like you know big moment for us in true validation uh, saying that okay whatever work has been going on since last 9 months uh, right. it it seems that yes we were, we are try, we are solving the right problem and uh, uh, that was truly uh, you know the moment for the team uh, as well and how we did was obviously like uh, you know we believed in what we were building and then slowly started getting the beta users early on before the actual launch mm-hmm. and started doing some uh, you know pre launch marketing as well uh, so when we actually launched it just helped there right so there's a lot of work which went before the launch uh, specifically yeah. mm-hmm. so what like you mentioned uh, like you know you did a lot of research to understand the actual pain areas when it comes to a segment of freelancing and to understand you know how we can resolve it and obviously you have come up with the with the solution so how uh, do you think you know the entrepreneurs need to put how much emphasis basically i would say they need to put uh, on research before uh, they start developing a solution for their business and try to understand how exactly is the main point where it is going to hurt them the most and this is the solution that is going to you know uh, put a bandaid over it hmm hmm i, I mean again like a uh, very good point right uh, as entrepreneurs what happens is we tend to launch lot of things or we feel right. it will change the world right while truly right. you might be thinking while it will not change anything uh so it's it's very natural but what do you feel and we try to consciously do is like try to understand the user behavior first mm-hmm. uh, try to speak to a lot of them before launching new things right whether it is a full product or whether now we have a product now we for example when we think of new features in the product 
then there are like 10 different directions you can take and all 10 we think can change the world obviously you can't take 10 and none of them can change the world probably so right. best is to get the user insights right uh, so we put a lot of emphasis there we have a very active community for example on facebook and that's what i would suggest like you know as as entrepreneurs we have the, you know we build like a loyal set of you know users who can help you build right mm-hmm. and it's best if you build in public like for example our roadmap of what we are building or what suggestions people are giving what feedback they are giving it's out there on public right it's on mm-hmm. our so you can see what people are saying you can see what we are building and all of that right it just helps right yes right. There, there can be situations where those are like unmet needs but then mm-hmm. you know that is where your intelligence comes into play when you get these insights correct at the end of the day it is your gut who is going to which is going to play the main role right by saying that okay this is you're on the right path and this is going to work because sometimes what happens is as and when i've spoken with different entrepreneurs some people have indeed mentioned that many people were quite uh, negative about the kind of product they were building but uh, internally they were pretty sure this is going to solve the problem and eventually it did so yeah correct that's what i'm saying like unmet needs right right and that's where like entrepreneurs like intelligence comes into play mm-hmm. uh, so you know like and and there are a lot of and you know interesting ways to figure this out right before you actually start building right you can you know build a quick landing page run few campaigns see what kind of impressions you're getting what kind of like conversions you're getting in terms of like people signing up and so on and so forth you know and and just tell people that okay you have these you know let's say for example you have this product right you call like you know 10 potential clients or 100 potential clients saying that you already have this right and see mm-hmm. if, you know people like this or people would want to buy it right uh mm-hmm. before actually building it out right? true uh, so that could be a again like probably a better way but again like mm-hmm. as i said i mean uh you know you these are not like 2 plus 2 is equal to 4 like things correct are, yeah correct yeah. eventually it is the entrepreneur who can sense it in the end whether right. the product or the idea that he or she has is the right one or not correct that's right yeah lovely so uh, there's one thing that i really noticed with scalenut is that your vision is that india serves the world business so so that's that's something uh, really uh, you know uh, i don't know by reading that line itself it, it you feel a little bit of a pride that you know <laughs> it's it's not that you know world is taking or, or something like that or we are basically india has been supporting the world in many areas many yeah. many areas now it is time for us to lead because you know i feel sometimes that it's our workforce which is making the companies out there uh, do the job properly so now it's it's time for our soil to come up and say that okay this is how it is going to be and you know india yeah. is so how how are you planning to make that uh, through scale not you know that we are going to lead the uh, area of uh, content creation and automating the whole process like you have already introduced now so how how are you making sure that you know scalenut is going to be the leader in that case yeah no uh, so when we started right uh, we are very clear that's what we intend to do right we are very clear that we will bring when we started a marketplace we were very clear we would bring like indian talent uh, on the global stage and they will serve like uh, you know global businesses we were very clear about that right? uh, given the talent we have uh, so that is one uh second if you look at like you know lot of saas businesses which are getting built in india right like and and things like like fresh walks going ipo and things like those lot of unicorns coming about like uh, you know indian saas companies so next 
decade or two are going to be like about Indian SaaS companies, right? And who are disrupting like global businesses. That has been our idea as well that, uh, you know, we are building for global, uh, you know, uh, like international markets. And when we launched our SaaS business also, uh, you know, focus was, there was a lot of focus on international markets and mm-hmm. almost like 80% of our sales till date, mm-hmm. more than 80-85% have been from outside India, right? Led by US and then, you know, UK, uh, Canada, Southeast Asia, right? Uh, so it has been, our DNA has been such that we, you know, uh, been wanting to serve like global markets. Right. Using like Indian, you know, like technology, Indian talent and uh, so on and so forth. So that's been the, uh, but yeah, I mean, we are an India registered company. So yeah, mm. I mean, uh, that also you're sort of clear, right? right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, like you know, uh, initially the concept of uh, people uh, was to you know to get into a company and try to find a project where they get deployed abroad and then uh, start working out there because they felt the opportunities out there were much, much, much better compared to what we had in the Indian market. But now slowly we are seeing a trend where people who have probably been uh, there for a hell lot of long time like I'm talking about decades yeah. uh, spending their lives there are coming back either they are turning into entrepreneurs or they are working into uh, Indian startups but they feel that Indian market has to give something more uh, compared to what uh, it was before so how have you seen that uh, trend shift in your journey uh, no absolutely uh, you know like see one is like India is a massive market, right? In general, for anything, right? So obviously, people who want to start businesses, who who, who want to become like entrepreneurs, India is one of the best markets out there, right? So hence, you would see like a lot of people start working. Second, I think in general, lifestyle, uh, what India had to offer to people, uh, you know, let's say who were who are living abroad, and uh, that has changed dramatically. Like India has evolved, right? Like in last like. Uh, decade India has gone through a massive transformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, like in some of the things we are actually leading the world, right? Like in terms of our financial uh, inclusion, uh, digitization overall. So a lot of those things have changed. So yes, you're absolutely right. A lot of people are coming to India or they are coming to start or coming to sort of work for Indian startups. And, you know, given the kind of funding Indian startups are receiving now, so obviously all of right. these things are possible as well, right? And right. That's what you're seeing, right? Even people who are working outside, we we do talk to a lot of them. Um, they they don't like shy away from exploring opportunities, right? In in mm. your startups, even so at such early stages, because they understand the value of joining companies early uh, on as well. True, very true, and it's the most welcome change. I feel that you know we are we are getting we are getting our talent back to our soil. So that is that is I think one thing that probably our country has done extremely well okay. in uh, trying to retain it because. Definitely, like you said, right, the Indian market, especially when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship is something to look out for, because here you have a lot of opportunities. And, and, you know, if you have the vision, the right vision and the right product, you can definitely succeed. Absolutely. Lovely. So, um, Mayang, being, you, you were also an investor as well, right? So, um, I really wanted to put this out or ask you this question, because uh, being being an entrepreneur, many people have a big question mark when it comes to funding. Uh, is it too early? Is it too late? Hmm. You know, have I missed the opportunity? So 
what kind of an advice would you like to give out to those entrepreneurs who are still in a dilemma of whether they should get their uh, company funded or they shouldn't you know because it's 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 like a i don't know it's quite confusing at times right because people who are doing it for the very first time are not very sure because sometimes they have a lot of misconceptions when it comes to funding you know that probably they will not have the hold yeah. and you know they'll have to bend down to whatever they say kind of a thing so so any any kind of thing that you want to put out there to you know to, to solve these kind of misconceptions or probably give them a clear path where they can think on or work on when it comes to funding yeah no absolutely see if you talk about let's say first time founders in general right uh see one thing is very clear when you're starting off something and you believe in right and no business is built overnight it takes years right it takes lot of time to build a business uh obviously money becomes super important when right. you're doing it uh you might go through multiple pivots before you actually find the right product market fit in general uh mm-hmm. now to do that you can either bootstrap or you can raise funds right mm-hmm. uh point is you will need money uh till you get to a success right like uh, right. till you get to the pmf and all of that there is no right answer whether you should raise funds or whether you should remain bootstrap I, i i don't think like there is a uh, you know a clear answer there it mm-hmm. totally depends on the founders totally depends on the runway they have in general but you should have enough runway with respect to money that you can actually try out different things Mm-hmm. till you actually hit the pmf right mm-hmm. once you hit the pmf again it's up to you whether you should raise funds because funds will help you accelerate tremendously right, right? Uh, but you can choose to remain bootstrap and build you know more organically saying that okay we will keep reinvesting whatever profits we make again mm-hmm. you know you will find founders on both sides of things or uh, right. your answer what i would suggest to the founders are like uh, ha- a have that runway uh you know so that you are not you know worried about uh you know uh, pivots and whether things are not working out so you can peacefully build now whether it is your money somebody else's money you know mm. raise funds that that's your choice right that's the most important part after that it's you know it's still okay whether you know once you hit the pmf how you want to exit it's completely you know your choice yeah mhm interesting now now with this you know when you're talking about acceleration scaling and all obviously you if you don't have the muscle to build a company it's not going to come up anyways hmm. so how, how do you see or what kind of importance to, uh, do you give when you come to hiring into scale nut and uh, ensure that you know probably they have the right the same vision or they resonate with you what you want scale nut to be in the future hmm. Hmm. no absolutely so first of all we obviously we don't show like a lot of rosy pictures uh <laughs> during the interview uh, mm-hmm. like uh it is like you know called spade with spade it's like mm-hmm. it is what it is you know uh there will be challenges there are challenges in early stages mm-hmm. right and and we look for a lot of cultural fit right as i said like early on that's the most important part for us because we know people who have the right attitude or at least that's in sync with ours mm-hmm. uh, the entire team uh, works on a certain frequency if we get on people like those people will figure out things right we mm-hmm. don't need the most intelligent people on earth what we need is people who can work together and mm-hmm. who have the attitude in the right place right and hence the right. culture becomes very important so yeah i mean no rosy picture per se uh and you know it's going to be a difficult journey but yes i mean a lot of fun and good culture is what we promise and after that you know experience also comes into play but yeah i mean uh, broadly that's that's what we sort of look at 
True. And and over the period of time, all these years, you know, especially when it comes to uh, people who are passing out from Indian University, their main mindset was to get into big companies and get a brand name. Correct. Um, because that would make them feel that they have settled in their life because they have joined uh, the big companies in their respective uh, sector from where they have passed. But over the period of time, things have changed. Changed, uh, you know, students or youngsters, not, not even youngsters, I would say experienced professionals are becoming adventurous yeah. when it comes to uh, seeking job because it's more about uh, the adventure that they want to feel rather than to have a secure uh, kind of a job. So how, how have you seen uh, over the period of time this particular shift happening in India? Hmm. Uh, again, a massive shift here. Uh, and thanks to, you know, uh, people who started you know, uh, take it back, uh, mm. you know, who have, and now successfully done IPOs as well. Uh, right. Billion lot of businesses like this year is a massive year for India in general in terms of unicorns. Now, what has happened is people have understood the value of joining companies early on. Mm. Right? Uh, they understand, let's say, even to create financial freedom to attain that, it's better to join companies early on. Right. right? Because that then you can unlock the value rather than joining like very large organizations, right? So earlier you had to convince, now you don't have to convince, people understand that. And with these successes like, you know, KTM, Zomato, mm-hmm. you don't have to convince people, right? They understand this, they're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather our first, uh, actually our first interns, right? So uh, the person was graduating towards the end of, uh, I mean, last year and was had joined, uh, you know, very, very large startup of the country, right? Uh, and he didn't, he actually worked for a month or two there. And uh, okay. he happened to speak to us. And we, of course, was not even born, I would say, at that point in time. And he's like, you know what, like, I don't need a job. I just need an internship to begin with. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I want to, you know, uh, explore, you know, very early on, how does it look like? And then mm-hmm. find, you know, it's for like three months internship, converted into full time. And now like, playing a huge role in uh, various parts of the business, you know. Uh, So people understand those things. And that's a lot of change in India we are seeing. Mm -hmm. Do you think it has something to do with the work culture as well? Because uh, I think the startups are providing work culture, which is completely transparent. And it it gives a comfort uh, to the people who are getting employed that, you know, it is not a typical nine to five job where they need to clock in. What what matters basically is whether they're getting the job done. Hmm. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. So culture that way has definitely changed. Uh, you know, and and also like what you feel is like because earlier earlier the thing was like you had to go to office and people would see each other and they would see you know whether you know uh, somebody's working not working so on and so forth. Right. Hmm. So now everything is remote and right. it still worked out right. So right. there's a lot of trust that people can work without being watched. Right? Correct. So there is that cultural shift. That okay, people can work at their own pace and they can manage things, right? Uh, I think those things have been changing. And what you have seen, like in last one year, we have mm-hmm. not had any attrition in the company, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the feedbacks which we get from people uh, is because the culture is such that we don't feel like, right? Unless there is a very strong reason and there is no such reason. And so one thing is very clear: people are looking for good culture, you know, mm-hmm. in organizations, and uh, clearly one of the priorities. True, true. And I think the reason that uh, this transparency probably is coming into startup is because people who are leading the startups have a global experience. 
so mm. they have taken the best from all parts of the world i feel including india yeah. and uh, probably built up a culture in startups especially in india where you know this thing of you know just get the job done i don't care whether you work from home you work <laughs> here you work 9 to 9 you work 9 to 4 Yeah. you work in the nights the only thing is i just want the project to be completed on time correct correct absolutely absolutely 100% lovely so um you know we've spoke, spoken so much about scale nart and you know what what startups are doing and the way startups are behaving in india let's go back to mayank ji <laughs> and talk more about you so like you know you've been an entrepreneur over a period of time and uh, i am and with such an interesting journey that you have you have shared already with us so What is the favorite aspect that you have of being an entrepreneur? <laughs> okay, a uh, lot of things. Honestly, like um, just love being one. Mm-hmm. I remember when we were starting off, I was speaking to a very dear friend who was an entrepreneur, and then you know sold up the company after one and a half years, and then you know like joined a VC firm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, like I I couldn't sleep those one and a half years, and. Uh, would not do it again. Like uh, you know, I was like, okay, that's not the you know good perspective. You're just starting off. But uh, now that we are into it for almost one year, a little over one year, uh, I would say, I mean, this is probably the best thing uh, that could have happened. And mm-hmm. one thing we really enjoy, like I specifically enjoy, is uh, uh, freedom to explore and experiment. Right, like about mm-hmm. anything and everything, whatever you want to do, you are free to explore and experiment. uh different aspects of business it could be even your you know hr policies finance policies your business your anything and everything right you can truly experiment and see like how uh you know you can you can build things right so i i truly enjoy that piece mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now with entrepreneurship there is one thing that you need to uh, take is failures right so how do you celebrate your failures because i'm pretty sure and i never i'll never ask the question how you celebrate your successes because i'm pretty sure that would be done at a very large scale but how do you celebrate failures and the reason i'm using the word celebrate is because eventually you fail and then you succeed because failures lead to that right these yeah. those are the small steps that lead you to the yeah. uh, right spot so how do you do that uh, honestly uh, in the beginning of course uh, you know it, it was difficult Mm-hmm. if you want to become humble in life i would say start something like become an entrepreneur it will humble uh-huh. you that in general uh, right but as as you move forward right like i think having like good co-founders definitely mm-hmm. helps uh and we started enjoying per se in the sense okay we now know right that failures are a part of it we know mm-hmm. like, for example when we are going and you know going to talk to like 100 customers we know that 90 will say no right if you talk to 100 investors 95 will probably say no that's all like it's all given right mm-hmm. and we accept those things with like open heart and saying that's a part of the business uh people will leave good some of your hiring decisions will turn out to be wrong so now there is a lot of acceptance in general i would say and mm-hmm. you you know enjoy these things okay this is a part of the journey it's fun right so <laughs> no right. hard feelings anywhere yeah right so like you said right all these failures do take you to a to a momentary low right the things mm. are not happening and you know mm. you you visioned it to be over over say a week but it's taking two weeks and still it's not happening yeah. so yeah. so during these times where you are extremely stressed up so mm. what is what is your stress buster to make <laughs> sure that you are <laughs> in the right frame of mind to you know 
to resolve yeah. because obviously you need to have a calm mind to solve these challenges because these are not some small challenges like you know jumping off a hurdle these hurdles are damn big yeah. and it takes time to cross them so how how do you keep your mind calm during these times uh, i think so you know grabbing a good cup of coffee <laughs> um now 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 i have a entire coffee corner uh, since we started like earlier i had like pretty much nothing like just one uh-huh. coffee now there is like you know 10 different you know and people are like like what are you doing i was like okay this is one you know way and mm-hmm. then you know giving a call to my co-founders uh exceptional set of co-founders we've got mm-hmm. uh, and you know just just you know generally you know having a light talk with them and you know uh, discussing things okay you know it just helps right because we understand each other and we understand okay this is not working out the way we want it and if you have good co-founders uh, it just helps you navigate those difficult times right, right. So it's not working out other people would understand and they would like jump in and they would like help and so on and so mm-hmm. right so these two things has tremendously helped me uh, lastly i think working from home also gives you an advantage that you can spend time with your family and take like some time off right like mm. uh, so that definitely helps as well mm-hmm, definitely and uh, do you think it is it is possible to strike a balance uh, especially when you are entrepreneur because uh, the kind of um, sense that i got after speaking to many is that you know if you are an entrepreneur you have to go with the mindset that you don't have any time left in your uh, on your watch basically and even 24 hours is less because you have to do a hell lot of more things but do you think an entrepreneur can get a balance uh, if if they are able to manage their work properly 100% absolutely see uh, you will have to cut down on certain things right like mm. for example you might have to cut down on your social life right you know or probably like some other things it could be your uh, you know your your personal time per se you know when you are netflixing and things like those uh, honestly like we believe very strongly in work life balance like i said early on and that's what we highly encourage everybody in our team that you have a life outside scale nut mm-hmm. and that is that deserves as much time and attention of yours as scale nut does so you know we we try to ask people to you know like stop working right mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people in our team and uh, in specific functions they would work overnight and you know late night outs and right. things and we would like okay this culture has to stop right uh, it's okay uh even if we are little slow it's mm-hmm. fine right mm-hmm. we don't we are not running uh, you know a race per se we are doing it for ourselves and it's a lot of fun when you do it like that uh so we believe in work life balance like hands down when we started we were like six day working organization for probably couple of months and then mm-hmm. after that you know it's like okay you know everybody gets like alternate saturdays off um so you know while the founders they can work if they want uh so we do work right that's that's how we balance it out okay sometimes we have to take day off etc but largely what i'm trying to say is like work life balance can be there and we work very hard to make sure there is work life balance you know uh, super important otherwise you will become slow uh, not true. now maybe later true true very true because i think this is like you know gone are the days where uh, you had a healthy body because you had a healthy lifestyle the lifestyle has also changed and so and also it has affected the body health as well uh, yeah. with it and i think if you don't maintain a work life balance eventually it is going to take a toll because nowadays you he- hear a lot of scary stories especially with people who are in their 30s hmm. i never imagined frankly speaking because i have 
a close friend of mine who had who, who had an episode so yeah. uh, that time it really hit me hard i was like i would have never imagined somebody in his 30s uh, you know i getting a call that okay i've been admitted for so and so reason yeah yeah so that was like a kind of a wake up call for me as well that you know yeah uh, one needs to slow down you know you Absolutely. don't have to run a race and come first all the time exactly and and see first of all running a race does not guarantee that you will come. right right so uh, build at your pace ensure that you are just having fun while you are doing it true yeah true very true very true so now that we are talking about fun Uh-huh. so let's let's hit the fun side of you all right so you probably have hobbies <laughs> which you would really enjoy doing it in your free time so what are your hobbies that you really love doing uh i think uh, not hobbies but i definitely try to take out an hour you know mm-hmm. uh, or uh, you know myself in terms of like yoga meditation or exercise uh, that is something which i uh, try to do it just helps you know uh, keep me on through the day Mm-hmm. um second is of course like spending time with my dogs and family like uh, i think uh, that that definitely helps a lot and lastly i think uh, one thing is clear like on the weekends uh, when the you know shop is shut then mm-hmm. time with the family watch something uh, and and just like shut off everything uh, right. and and be mindless right uh, that's that's pretty much it like no specific hobby otherwise yeah <laughs> all right so uh, lastly mayank all right it would be great if uh, you know you could share a few advices uh, to us regarding um, uh, for budding entrepreneurs who are probably listening in and trying mm-hmm. to understand you know how to take uh, their journey forward it would be great right right okay uh, i like uh, so in terms of uh, you would want me to specifically cover like uh, uh, you know like what they should take care of or you know like uh, if you can just help me like a little bit more like, yeah it is it is basically you know if i am a first time entrepreneur and i am coming to you for some advices what is the first two or three hmm. things that you would tell me to keep in right. mind uh, before right. i start my journey got it so first thing i would say is if you are thinking of starting off like start now right like there is hmm. no good time uh, because we end up spending a lot of time thinking so first thing is unless you jump you will never truly know what the issues are or what the journey is going to be right so do not mm-hmm. anticipate too much and jump that's one second i would say like some of the things which become very important when you are starting off uh you need to be cognizant of the fact that you will have to get your hands dirty you have to mm-hmm. take ownership of a lot of things because when you are starting up like the resources are less you know like uh you don't have folks with you you don't probably have money that much which you can splurge so a lot of times you will have to figure out things on your own mm. and this could cut across different functions so you might be running in like 50 different directions so you should be like ready for that second i think it's very important and and related to the first point is you know very important to say no and very important to prioritize things like i said you will be you know pulled into different directions so very important okay boss i am not going to be doing this and this is what i will be doing right so that mindset is very important otherwise you know everything becomes priority in our heads right that mm-hmm. can't be the case right so probably when you're starting off your day spend some time probably over morning cup of tea or coffee like spend like 15 minutes prioritizing your day like super important right if you are trying to build something third is people right uh, startups are built by teams right they're built by right. people so 
how do you manage people how do you keep the team together what kind of culture you build that is going to be like super important uh, in what you end up building so yeah i think these are some of the things i would say uh, mm-hmm. to take care of in your uh, you know sort of starting up lovely mayank so on that note again i would really like to thank you for coming on insiders talk and having this wonderful conversation with me i've definitely made some points to take with me as well so that i can uh, improve myself as an entrepreneur and uh, probably start working on few things as well no it it, it has been fun uh, loved you know chatting and uh, you know it it has been a stressful stress as well honestly like you know, so, <laughs> so next time next time you are stressful you can definitely let me know and we'll get you back on it sometime to get <laughs> done, you a done, done. fun time <laughs> absolutely absolutely thank you very much it was absolutely wonderful speaking with you vikanta So that's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview and had some valuable lessons to take in with you and the stories inspired you and you found it interesting. I would be coming with more new stories in the coming week. Every week, every Monday you will get to hear from me from a new entrepreneur their stories about their brands, about their insights on employment and few tips and tricks to get into entrepreneurship. Stay tuned, stay safe. and enjoy your life